Welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. I'm here with my new official co-host, Liz Henson. Liz, thanks for being here. Yay, I'm so excited. I know I love hearing co-hosts. It makes it feel so official. I'm like, let's just go in live with Joey. This is official every other week. It is. I'm so excited that we're doing this. I couldn't ask for a better person to be chatting with every other week to dive into team building stuff. I know that Liz and I have learned a lot from each other over the past few years as we've been building up our businesses. And today we wanted to talk about an important topic that I'm realizing doesn't get talked about very often. So let me set the stage here because if you're thinking, raise your hand if if you're tuning in live or on the replay, give me a one in the chat. If you have thought about hiring a VA before or someone that you're adding to your team, so you're not a total solopreneur, give me a one if you've thought about adding to your team. Because a lot of people right now are wanting to make that big step, right? To go from a total solopreneur to be building a team or maybe just to be adding to that team. And when you think about what that means, our minds usually go to, that's a lot of work of putting up job postings, of qualifying candidates, of figuring out what to put in the contract, of figuring out exactly how to hire and pay them. All of that feels like such a big beast Mm -hmm. that a lot of times we don't think about, okay, what then are those next struggles that happen right afterwards? When you do find that very promising, trustworthy new VA, You might be hearing sirens in the background of where I am. Here, I'll make sure drive in Chicago. They know this is a serious topic, so they supply the sirens. (laughs) When you now have this new person on your team and you don't really know what to give them next or what it really means to start delegating work, that is usually a struggle that catches business owners by surprise because there's so much heaviness that goes into just the finding and hiring and initial onboarding that then you get met with this, oh yeah, now I have to actually start giving these people work. And I don't really have a way to set that up. But this is truly like one of the things that I struggled with the most was I actually was okay taking the time to interview and bring people on, but I always kind of screwed up when it came time to give them mm-hmm. tasks. And, you know, I didn't realize that until I met people like you, how easy it could be. And, oh, like I didn't have my systems repeatable. I didn't have my tasks really clear. So no wonder I was kind of setting them up for failure because I didn't know how to get things out of my brain and into their hands. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. This question of how do I start? confidently delegating work when I don't really have my own systems and processes ironed out yet. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do. And so Liz and I wanted to share some 
really helpful things that we've done to make that easier. And I hope that that's helpful for all of you. For anybody who's tuning into the podcast, I don't usually do this, but we are bringing in some visual aids today. This is initially being live streamed. So we'll make sure that you have a link to the video so that you can watch what we're talking about here today, if you'd like that. And let me pull up on the screen here, a simple spreadsheet tool that we've started using that can really make delegation a lot easier. Liz, are you seeing this up on the screen? Yeah. And I'm going to give a little bit of context too, especially since we're streaming on my page for the first time, but inside the Facebook group, the business growth advantage, I feel like this has come up more than once where people are like, I've hired now what? And they're, mm -hmm. there's kind of this container of time where they're trying to figure out what is the most efficient way to offload some of these tasks and then also have that person be comfortable enough so that we're not having to check in or micromanage after how you're going to explain after a certain amount of time. But I just think there's a common struggle here with, I've brought someone on my team, like this overwhelming now what feeling, how can we make this as simple as possible? So that's yeah. a little bit of context around how Joey decided to share this document because of this conversation that we're having inside the business growth advantage. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you, you could almost call this spreadsheet the like hired check, now what spreadsheet. Yes. And if you're, you go. if you're like me, you probably, whenever someone shows you a spreadsheet, your eyes just immediately gloss over and you're like, this is already in a language that I don't even want to try to understand. So let me break down what we're looking at before we dive into the details. There's really almost like a three-part framework at play here of the really effective way to delegate tasks is to take them through this process where first you demonstrate to them what it is that you want them to do. That's number one, you demonstrate it to them. Number two, they observe it. So first you demonstrate it, then they observe it, they watch it. It's really easy if you can do this in video form and, and we'll get to where you can do put that in the spreadsheet. But then the third step is to get them from competency to mastery on whatever it is that you're delegating. Because as much as we love this idea of, let me just tell this person what to do once and then they'll be a ninja at it. People just aren't like that. And so it's really helpful to think about, okay, how can they go from being new in this role, starting to gain competency, to becoming more proficient, to really becoming a master in that space. So that's what this spreadsheet helps you go through. And really the first place to start when you actually start using this spreadsheet, and I'll share this in the comments and in the podcast show notes and everything everywhere so that you guys can see it. I love starting in this second tab called the brain dump tab. I know we're very fancy and highly customized with the spreadsheet, right? This is just a really important space where you can brain dump the different things that you're thinking about delegating. I talk to a lot of business owners who in so many ways are battling perfectionism in their business. And one of the ways that perfectionism is showing up is they're trying to make it perfect in terms of having whatever they want to send to delegate to their new teammates perfect and ready for them. This is your space to get really messy with what's in your head. Liz, I don't know if I told you this, but I have a background in improv comedy. <laughs> no, I, I know a lot of things about you. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. So when I was in college, there were some amazing friends that I got to meet in the theater space. It was my first time meeting people who were doing improv comedy. And long story short, I was like, man, the biggest way for me to get out of my own comfort zone in college is to join an improv group. I wasn't very good at it, but I loved it. And I mean, would you say that it's helped you feel more comfortable on stage? Because I was really impressed with how comfortable you were on stage. Oh, well, thank you. 100% it helped. Yeah, yeah. And what I loved about, I think what improv taught me in a way that I could never have learned in just someone telling it to me or whatever, is that when you're on stage, whether it's for improv or for your business or whatever, the audience is rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants you to see, succeed up there. And so you don't have to worry as much. And especially, I mean, people, when they get into improv, they think, oh, I'm going to get on stage. And if I'm not funny, ugh. and so there's this pressure to like be funny, but really improv is less about being funny and more about like playing well with the other people on stage. And one of the ways that you play well is this concept of yes and. Or sometimes it's called green lights, where there's no real criticism going on around what people are saying on stage. And so this brain dump tab is a really helpful way for you to not judge yourself, get really messy and say, here's a bunch of different things that I could give to a VA. It's okay if you repeat yourself. It's okay if you write down an idea and as you're typing it, you think, is this really something that I might delegate or no? Just let it go, put it on here. This isn't a space for you to be highly critical of yourself. So it's a great space to have as a business owner when it comes to delegating tasks. You fill that out, which is also great because so many people, they have an idea of what they might want their VAs to do, but they haven't really clarified what exactly they would do. Because if you bring someone on with the idea that maybe they'll help you with your website or to do social media or to do bookkeeping, what exactly does that mean? This can be a helpful way for you to break that down. Yeah, yeah. It's hard if you don't have a system or an SOP or you haven't already written it down or created a million Loom videos. It's really hard. And you know you need to figure out how to delegate these things. And I love this brain dump section because I actually realized I'm already doing this. I just use the sticky note feature on my computer. So I need to nice. But my team can't see that, right? So mm. I call it like my dreamy outsourcing list. And I need them to be able to see it or the right people in the right seats to be able to access ones that pertain to them. Yeah. So I love this. And then they can have access to it too. Oh, yeah. They could start putting their own ideas of things that they think that from their perspective is on your plate that they can take over for you. Great, great point. So once you start to have that brain dump area fleshed out, it makes this tab feel less like a completely blank slate because you can already have a sense of tasks that you can put on here. So the idea is you'll put a task down and Liz and I have some fun examples that we can kind of go through here. But the idea is that you write the task down and you start assigning due dates across the board for this one task, all, all today. So if the idea is, okay, the task is around whatever it's going to be around, I'm going to give myself a week to put together a quick video recording using Loom where I show that to people. And then this done mark, once that due date passes, if I've done it, I can give myself a check. So I'll give myself a due date of maybe seven days, and then I'll give 
uh, maybe another seven days for when the new teammate will observe the video that I put together. Mm-hmm. Or if for whatever reason it's easier for you not to do a video, you don't have to. But we found it works super well. And also, again, as you're sitting writing this down, saying, okay, as I'm thinking about this teammate going from competency to proficiency to mastery, as you can see, I put default days, 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days from when they've observed it. So if they're observing it 14 days from now, then again, you just use that math one month further, one month further, one month further, and you can play with that later. But now you have a sense of, okay, the big picture here is I'm going to start delegating this project to this person. And we are going to see over the next 90 days them learn about it and then go from competency to proficiency to mastery. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the ways that you might be able to see that improvement? So if I have someone, I'm trying say I'm trying to offload like my weekly email to like my entire list. So how do I start to see? Ooh, yeah, let's actually write that one down. So what was that again? A weekly email to like the house list. Okay. And just to fill this out, the nice thing about Google is once you put in, let me use the date that actually kind of makes sense here, 7, 7, 22. This is a date. It's really easy. So you can just then copy this into all of these due dates here and then just play with the dates and all of it. There you go. So you're already like so much better at Excel than I am or Google Sheets. Well, they make it helpful, right? Yeah. And I'm just playing here, moving kind of quickly. Okay. So now we have these dates on here. In terms of what this could look like, kind of going through this, if you did take some time to put together a Loom link, a video where you walk them through this, Mm -hmm. tell me more about how long you think that video would be and, and what topics you would cover in the video. Yeah, it would probably be like between five and 15 minutes, depending on how much I'm really covering in the email, because the task itself may not take that long. But I think when we create these videos, we want to really talk them through the thought process that we're having. So not just like, okay, we're going to write an email and we're going to include A, B, and C. But let me tell you where I go get the information for A, why that's valuable to the audience, And it's like, we want to teach them our thought process so that eventually they can make it their own. But I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, so I can't wait for you to add to it. But I think when I was doing community management for some other companies and trying to do some of these repeatable tasks without a video, I'm like, I just want to hear what you're thinking, right? I just want you to walk me through how you create this and hear why you're choosing this and that and these pieces why you're choosing that color why it's important to tell the audience that yeah like really walking them through so while the task may not take as long when we create these videos we want it to be efficient as far as the steps but we also want to include a little bit of that backstory yeah oh my gosh i love that that's great when i walk my teammates through this type of a onboarding process on a new task this delegation process I love this example because you're right. There are so many parts of this that would be really hard to capture Mm -hmm. in a completely step-by-step process, totally upfront. Mm -hmm. And 
ideally they are willing and curious to ask questions as you're moving forward. So I like to think about this competency stage as like, this is your tricycle space. This is the phase where the training wheels are on, where you as the person who is delegating the task are available for questions. You're making sure that everything's okay. You're very open to the reality that they probably have follow-up questions, things that, that weren't explicitly covered in the video that you sent. Mm-hmm. Proficiency is where the training wheels come off. This is more like the bike stage where you're the parent that's, I don't want to say hovering, but you're around, but the training wheels are off. Yeah. You're running, but we just taught Gracie to ride a bike. So you're like, you're running beside her in case she tips over, but you're I love that. I love that. So here there's a new level of trust added, but you're still monitoring the situations. You're still managing. You're still there for questions. You're starting to ask more. Like, what do you think? If something happened to me and I wasn't available for the day and you had to move forward on this, what would you do? And you can have discussions around it. Mm-hmm. Mastery is like you're riding a unicycle. Yeah. Like now, instead of going to the initial person to ask, what do I do for X, Y, Z? It's, hey, this came in. I don't really have a question other than here is what I think I'll do moving forward. Are there any adjustments that you would want me to make? Here is where it starts to become more of that. What I always think of is every morning I have a batch review spreadsheet, a very simple spreadsheet where everyone on my team has access to and anybody who has escalated questions can use this sheet to ask me stuff. Mm -hmm. And ideally, I spend my time looking through this sheet by just going through and saying sounds good to every single one. Yeah, Because they're coming to me saying, here's an issue. Here's how I think I plan on responding or moving forward. Let me know if I can just move forward as planned or if you have any specific recommendations to tweak things. And it feels so good as a business owner to just be like, yep, this looks good. This looks good. Like one small change here, but looks good. It's really the sense of like, you're just flying the plane, but not having to do a bunch of like the heavy work to keep the plane in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's very silly and dangerous and expensive to expect to get there quickly. Mm-hmm. At the same time, these are the keys to not being a micromanager yeah. because you do want to provide that support up front. The opposite of micromanagement doesn't mean saying, here's something that's totally new to you, but I trust you, go figure it out. We've just seen at a culture level, it can really help people feel like they are supported and empowered over time to really own these tasks. Well, and something you said before the call, and I was trying to think of the right way to like lead you there, but Mm. I can't come up with it. So I'm just going to kind of say it. (laughs) And because this really made a light bulb go off for me of like, there's not like a test that they have to pass to get from competency to proficiency to mastery. You said to me, this is how they feel right? Like the yes. milestones are measuring their confidence level. So it could move faster, it could move slower, but it's really to set them up for success. It's not you micromanaging while well, you're just not quite at proficiency level yet. Like these, you know, these are the same words that are on my kindergartner's report cards. Like, oh. you're, not, like you're not giving them a test. This is more like their level of independence and confidence. Yes. So they feel that ownership when they get to the mastery level. 
Thank you so much for saying that. And, and obviously, if you're seeing certain types of performance issues, you can call that out as well. But that competency jump is a big one because when they say, I feel competent and this has been achieved on this date, competency means I understand the demonstration that you gave me. Mm-hmm. And I can go through and do that myself on that specific type of situation. Mm -hmm. Proficiency, when I think of proficiency, I think of like language proficiency. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have a minor in Spanish and I can understand it to an extent. Like when I travel to Mexico or Spain or whatever, give me 30 seconds in front of like a sign and I can kind of figure out what it's saying, but I can't talk to people. Right, right. Proficiency is actually like having that language proficiency, being able to speak comfortably with people and and understand it. And mastery is that next level. Like they now know it better than you do. Yeah. This is so, so, so mind blowing to think about too, is that when you can get people to that mastery level, think about how much better our clients and customers are going to be served when you have someone on your team, like their main focus is this one task. Whereas like, if we were continuing to try to do it ourselves, I would rush through that email, right? Like, oh my God, I have 15 minutes. I got to get this email done and I would rush through it. Whereas if I have someone on my team do it, say the expectation is that they spend 30 minutes to an hour giving it their all each week, Mm. then they're good. We're going to provide better service because that's their all in task. I love, I love that. And it reminded me something else that I wanted to hit on here is it can be very helpful to actually have a part of your meeting agenda with your team point to a spreadsheet like this. Mm-hmm. Something that is very familiar with my team is this sense of being on track or off track with your work. Mm-hmm. And so let's say that you bring on your first overseas VA and you're meeting with them every week. Usually it's you, but maybe someone else is meeting them on your team. But let's just say you're meeting with them every week. You can have a really quick agenda item on a weekly agenda that you go through that just says, hey, spend a few minutes before our meeting. And I want you to fill out in our meeting agenda if you feel on track or off track with all of the different dates that are currently on this delegation dashboard for you. And that way they can verbally say like, yes, I feel on track to give myself the competency check mark next week. Or I don't know if I'm going to feel that way. This doesn't have to be a kind of a surprise. Are you feeling this way? Yes or no. Especially if you're just starting to bring on a new teammate, it can be really helpful to have this tool be really an anchor to all of your conversations as you're getting started. Yeah. It's so good. It's it's really when you start to see, I'm so, so far behind you. I know we don't use terms like that, right? But like you are at the point now where you have a team of like 22, I, guess, I think. And I'm just barely like scratching the surface at seven, like super, super part time. But it really becomes very exciting to see yourself offload something and see it go well. And then see yourself offload something and see it go well. And then we just had a team member leave who's been with me for a long time Mm. nothing wrong all good reasons but it was so cool to just see her train the next person and I didn't have to touch it right yeah (laughs) oh it's unbelievable isn't it when you see that when you get to that point where it's not just you coming up with the delegated tasks and working on these videos and sending them out 
Yeah. Like that would have been a huge headache and stressful thing. But I'm like, no, like we got this, like, just make sure that you've taught, you know, the next person to do X, Y, and Z and we're okay. It's a really good feeling. Liz, when you put yourselves in the shoes of a, I know it can be hard now because all of your growth, but when you, if you put yourself in the shoes of someone who has just hired their first VA and they might be looking at a framework like this for the first time to figure out how to start the delegation process. Anything come to mind that we haven't addressed yet that would be helpful? Yeah, I mean, I think just starting and Abby, who just left, actually was my first VA that stuck, right? Because mm-hmm. like I said, I was getting this all wrong beforehand. And she was the first one that I brought on that I was really leaning into the Loom videos. And yeah. For a while, she would just do a lot of one-off, one-off tasks like, hey, we're going to set up Thrivecart. Can you go watch some videos and set this? She loved to figure stuff out. So we were actually getting by for a while without too many like repeatable tasks. But then we got into the repeatables with like podcast management, monthly roundup emails, things like that. And I, I really just got started by just giving her one thing, but using a video to do it so yeah. that we kind of had this library of tasks. And then once she got into the repeatables and we were into ClickUp and I was learning so much from you, that's when we really started documenting and it became so much easier. But you have to get a little messy in the beginning. But that observe stage is so crucial because that mistake that I kept making years ago with this was they didn't have anything to observe. You know, I'm like, yeah. I was hiring to try to fix things that I couldn't do. Yes. Right. Like I need someone to do Facebook ads, but let me just hire them. Right. But I didn't have a good offer. I didn't have good, co- I didn't have a proven proof of concept. I just wanted to fix everything. Yeah. Right. And let me speak real quickly to that idea of the, I love that you've shifted to the loom videos. Cause mm-hmm. I think that there's something to, when you want to take that messy action, but still be as clear as you can be in terms of what you want a person to do. There really is no substitute for a video because otherwise there's just assumptions that you might be making that they're not seeing. And then they do things in a way that wasn't really on your mind when you were assigning it. One of my favorite stories to share along this, I don't know if I've told you this story yet, Liz, but when Kat and I, I can't remember if we were just dating or if we had just gotten married, but we were, we had been in a relationship for a while and it was becoming more and more clear that if there was going to be any cook between the two of us, it was going to be me. Kat was getting comfortable enough with me to be like, hey, I am never going to be that person who like makes you dinner every night. So are we cool? So I leaned in more to being the person who would like make us food. And one day, for whatever reason, I had a break during the afternoon. I decided to go grocery shopping before lunch. And I think because I was hungry, because it was before lunch, and because Kat and I had just had a conversation about this, and I was like, you know what? I really want to take this job seriously of like being more of the foodie between the two of us. I had this idea as I was shopping that I was going to make like a really good sandwich for the two of us when we got home. Like not just like meat and cheese and bread. So I was super proud of myself. Like I went to like the actual like deli area instead of just like the pre-packaged deli slices. I got the nice cheese. I got nice loaves of bread that I cut up at home. And on the way out, I grabbed lettuce, onion, tomato, all that good stuff. So like go home. Cat's working. I make this sandwich. I'm so excited about it. And Kat comes back from some meeting and she sees what I made. 
And she's like, oh my gosh, Joey, I love you even more. The sandwich looks beautiful. She takes a bite and immediately takes uh -oh. it out of her mouth. And she's like, Joey, what is in this? And I was like, it's just a sandwich. Nothing super crazy. And so I was so excited. But she was just like, something is not right. And she started to take like layer by layer off of the sandwich. And suddenly she she kind of does like a nod. <laughs> and she she pulls this thing up and she goes, Joey, what do you think this is? And I said, it's lettuce. Oh, no. And she goes, no, Joey, this is cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a good laugh. And I was like, I don't think I've ever bought lettuce or cabbage. So I didn't know the difference. But then I took a bite and I was like, oh, this is disgusting. And I've been thinking about that a lot as I'm doing team building, because I think so often we as business owners, when we're building out processes or things that we want to delegate, we focus on the meatier things that, yeah. that that gets right. And usually there are layers to what we want people to do that we don't even really think about that is open to interpretation or open to assumptions that they get things wrong on. And that's when we have unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. And videos are just super helpful without much thought on your end at capturing this is lettuce, not cabbage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you might catch that during that process. Right. Another thing that is really important to me, and I don't know, I think I've had this conversation with you, but is I like to work in desired outcomes. And I have a DJ that I've been helping a long time, and he's starting to train other DJs. Mm. And he's got a little bit of that perfectionism, a hard time letting go. And I, you know, we have to ask things like what's most important. Most important thing is that the client is happy and that the client has mm -hmm. a good experience. So is it possible that this person can do something a little bit differently and have the same desired outcome? It's like, well, sure. Right. So when I'm having my team do things, we think about the desired outcome and it's okay if the paths are a little bit different. It's okay if Sharon does it different than Abby does it different than I do it. But is that desired outcome still consistent, right? Yeah. So oh, there are, especially really when it comes good. to like leadership and creative roles, people are going to be happy if they can do it their way, for lack of a better word. But like, here's the non-negotiables, right? Yep. These steps are non-negotiable. The desired outcome is non-negotiable. But if you want to create a different spreadsheet or you want to color code something or do it differently, as long as those desired outcomes and those non-negotiables are consistent, like allow mm. people that creative freedom. That reminds me, you don't have time to cover it today. It's a totally separate topic, but it's overlapping. <laughs> is throwing something new at you. What types of stuff do you start to delegate first? Yeah. And a lot of business owners understandably have certain things that they would love to get off of their plate, but they're not really the most effective things to give off first. Mm -hmm. So that can be a topic that we can explore in a future episode of what should you really be prioritizing to delegate first when you bring on a VA or really any teammate? Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of what's easiest, like what are... What are the tasks that are the most mundane and the most repeatable, mm. you know? And that's where that spreadsheet that you shared with us comes in handy, but. Yeah, and again, the last thing, these conversations, I never want people to feel like, oh, I can't do X, Y, Z with my team until I watch that latest video from Joey or until I figure out the right way to do X, Y, Z. I am all for taking messy action with everything in your business, including your team. 
But if you're feeling stuck, I hope that over time we can just have this kick butt library of videos for all of you saying, okay, if you're feeling stuck at this part of the process, here's something that can help you get unstuck. Mm -hmm. And if you're not struggling to figure out what to do to delegate to your team, don't overthink it. Go with on with on with what's on your short list. But if you're struggling to think what should you be prioritizing, I'm really excited to tackle that in the new video. Oh, and that's so important too. And it's hard. It's hard, but like it becomes so addicting when you start to get it. I'm like, I want to have my team just two X so fast. I know. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll it's get so there. So All right, everybody. I think that'll do it for this week. One final note, just so this is captured, because I know people are tuning in live, hopping on and off. For all of you who are watching this live, I just wanted to let you all know that today is the last day, what is it, June 30th, where you can get access to global vetted VAs at our current price. The price is going up tomorrow. Just to be transparent about the pricing, it's currently $597. It's going up to $850. No rush, no pressure. But there have been multiple people today who have reached out to me saying, hey, I'm thinking about this. And they didn't see the reminders that we were putting out elsewhere. We just want to be doing everything that we can so that no one is caught off guard if they've been looking at global vetted VAs and they see a price jump come tomorrow. And the people who have used it have been so happy. And that's one of the reasons we're continuing to have these conversations because we're getting feedback on, you know, how it's all going. But yeah. I've heard nothing but amazing things about people with the entire program. Well, thanks, Liz. And thanks to everybody. I know that this can be a tough or unsexy topic to lean into. But at the end of the day, as CEOs, as leaders of our business, this is one of the most critical parts of our job. Yeah. Not to mention if you ever want to take time off, you're going to need to start delegating stuff. And it's one of the least invested in, which is crazy, yeah. right? Like people just think, oh, I need another me or I can do this on my own. And believe me, if you can find a mentor like Joey, who's ahead of you just enough and you can get that peak under the hood, right? Like mm. it's incredible. Like I learned so much more kind of just by being on your team and seeing seeing these team meetings, seeing in action, we need to put it in the queue too, to share your document that you use on team meetings for like the. the oh, great idea. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that too. Yeah. Well, you know, I love having you on the team, Liz. I love having you as the co-host. Thanks to all of you for watching, for tuning in. I'll be here next week and Liz will be joining me. Like I said, every other week from here on out on these team building episodes and that'll do it for this one. See you yes. guys. Bye. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week.